The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, Episode 34. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week on Insight Sunday we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. My Story Tuesday conversation with Noah was so chock full of great thoughts, ideas, and powerful points that I just had to share it all with you. So last week, you had a double dose of Noah's journey and how she thinks and works with leaders. This week, you're going to get a double dose of Noah's lessons. Today, Noah talks about how she learned the hard way to handle fear. She shares how and why fear showed up in her life and her internal resourcefulness that helped her find her way. And then on Tuesday, we're going to wrap up our conversation and you'll hear more about how Noah's resourcefulness helped her learn her way into awareness, having more choice, and creating the life and outcomes that she wants. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching. If you lead a six or seven plus figure business and experience a drag or dip in your growth, if you notice diminishing engagement or passion in your business, if you want to eliminate exhaustion and burnout in yourself or your teams, if you sense that you or your company would grow faster and stronger, if you could just pivot efficiently and effectively when circumstances change like they have so much in 2020, then you've got an adaptability problem. Adaptability coaching will give you and your business the psychology and neuroscience-backed tools to understand and leverage core adaptability skills through the unique 3D adaptation framework. You can learn to harness and leverage core adaptability skills to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to turn tough circumstances, reactions, and exhaustion into energy, excitement, and excellence for you and your company. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching. Join me in welcoming Noah Ronan, change expert and stirrer of daring leadership. Welcome back, Noah. Hi, good to be here again. (laughs) Yeah, so on Insight Sunday, we covered so much by way of you really sharing your story. And if you haven't, you absolutely have to listen to that episode. And I'll give you just kind of a couple of 
sentences of some things that we touched on. We touched on loss and change, both in this COVID and also Noah in your own journey. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how it's such a common experience to lose your leadership when the circumstances change so much. And sometimes you can lose your voice. Sometimes you can lose your way. There's a lot of losses that come along. We talked about how if we don't address those losses and if we're not willing to look at them, that that can really set us back. And you shared the difference between the being and doing energies and how important they are for you in the work that you do with leaders and in your own experience in really facilitating that shift. So again, if you haven't yet, you have to go back and listen to (laughs) Insight Sunday's conversation. I want to listen to it again. (laughs) Yeah. So on Story Tuesday, by the way, I also cannot wait to listen to it. I'm really excited (laughs) to listen to the episode myself. So on Story Tuesday, we dive deeper into your hard-earned lessons so that we can all learn from them. And I'm just going to acknowledge that on Insight Sunday, we talked about so many of them already. (laughs) And so this might be a little bit shorter and maybe a little bit different or in some different areas. I wanted to ask about other really big lessons that you learned from challenging experiences. And if you can bring us into that moment, what happened before, during, and after... So first you see me smiling. So you know that I always challenge the norm. So here I do it to you today and I'm breaking the rules. You know, when I lead workshops, I tell people, this is what I want you to do, but please break the rules. So Mm -hmm. seems like you're going to break the rules today with my conversation with you. So let's see where it's going to take us. So what are the other lessons that I learned, right? So I think one of the main lessons for me was around fear. And I will just write me a note that I will forget because I can talk and then get lost in my thoughts. And I call it the beauty of being lost, but then I get lost too much. And it's like, what do I want to talk about? So let's start with the fear. So I was never the person that liked to go on roller coasters and all that stuff, but I always had that internal belief that knowing inside me that things will be okay. So I can try and do and not show up always perfect to a situation and take the risk, but the outcome will be probably okay. I will not live defeated in a way. Because when I worked as a change management consultant, you handle a lot of different things. It's kind of like a project managing there are lots of different components, at least to my work. It was very intense. And my ability to remember things in my head is amazing with big projects, which many people do big projects have that ability. So there is the due date with change. And then I would tell my husband, it's fine. Everything works out in the end. And he would joke on that. He would always like, you always walk with that affirmation. But it's really what was my belief that things work out. I will figure it out or it will be fine. There was that internal belief that even if it's not working right now, it will work. And as I mentioned, when we had our first conversation, when I moved to the US, I lost that sentence. I stopped Mm. saying that. I didn't realize that until after a few years when I was pushing my son's stroller in Park Slope, Brooklyn, where I used to live. Now I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, different setting. But I suddenly said to myself, I don't say that anymore. I stopped saying that. What happened to me that I lost that such important belief? And I was so afraid 
there were so many things I was so afraid to do or try or take risk on because of the fear. And that was a new experience for me. And I think what you mentioned in the first conversation and at the beginning of this round, that losing my voice was really taking away from me this notion, that perspective about life. Because mm. for me, speaking was my forte in my first, in my mother tongue language, in my language, in Hebrew. And I always knew that I have this beautiful vocabulary, beautiful sentences that I'm using. And suddenly I became handicapped with my second language. Now, no matter how many people will say, well, I wish I would speak more than one. You speak in your second language better than I would ever speak in a second. I don't hear that. People, mm -hmm. I don't hear that if you're going to say me that, if you're going to say that. And most people who are immigrants have the same experience. No matter how much you're going to try and console them about their second language being very good, we don't hear you because we know how we speak in our first language and that's our comparison. So I became that handicapped with the second language. Suddenly I lose my forte and I lost that gift. So how now am I supposed to do and show up if I don't have that anymore? And that's what I see when I work with leaders, right? There was everything worked. I got into this spot now with where I am with my work. And now all those actions that worked until now don't work. Suddenly my manager is not happy with me. Suddenly my direct reports are not happy with me. Suddenly I can't influence a change. What's going on? How come? Mm. So what I learned from the fear is first is that I had a new notion. I will wait for the fear to disappear. When it's going to go away, then I will do this and that. For now, I don't. So I will not act on it. And that's what kept me stuck. And mm -hmm. what stayed with me, even though, you know, when people, as I shared in the first story, I blogged and then people asked me to coach them. So I became a coach. And then people heard my story and they say, where can we hear you speaking? And I said, now with my second language, I can do that in Hebrew, but in English, mm. I'm not that good. It's not going to work. And then people say, why? You are so interesting. You're so inspiring. You're so funny. Where can we see you? So that was the first I joined Toastmasters, which is a speaking club that you just practice speaking and get feedback. And that's when I learned that I will not be able to let go that story in my head that I cannot be good enough in English and I will need to work with my fear and with my story. And I think for the first time that I was able to say goodbye in a way to that story is when I published the book. That was again, people heard me speaking and then they said, where is the book? And I said, writing, I can blog in English. I can write short social media. I know I do mistakes when I speak on stage, but I knew I wanted to do that. So I wrote a book and that was the first time when I told the voice, that's it. I'm done with you. I published a book in English. I can figure out my life with my English not being perfect. So at least for me, it's that, you know, some people say that too. It's uh, fearless. Maybe I'm not fearless. But I can take that word and break it to two fearless and not wait for my fear to disappear, but walk with my fear and keep mm. doing, even though it feels very uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. And 
you mentioned there, right? My tagline is dare to be, D-A-R-E, dare to be. And the reason in that keep going, when I talk with people and they tell me their courageous moment, you know, they share their courageous moments, they didn't feel courageous at all. They didn't feel bold. They didn't feel strong. They felt very weak. So when people come to me and they say, I adore you for doing this, can't believe you did that. And I look at you, you know, all those like cheerleading. What I know is how weak I was while daring myself to keep going. Hmm. So I will stop here. (laughs) There's so much there and I'm pulling out so many pieces of it. So the experience (laughs) of loss, there's something so profound that came along with that loss. The word you used was feeling handicapped. Yeah. And that reminds me of on Insight Sunday talking about how loss can imputation right yeah that we can feel like we've lost a part of ourselves as if a piece of my body is gone a piece of my identity is gone you experience that and then this following the loss is the fear and i'll share with you i have a way of understanding fear that is a little bit different awesome and working and thinking with it which is i think really important fear shows up it's an emotion which means from my perspective it gives us data, direction, and drive, the three Ds, I call them. Mm -hmm. Every emotion, every feeling, every reaction gives us data, direction, and drive. So fear Mm -hmm. gives me the following data. There is potential of harm. And actually the difference between fear and anxiety or worry, not clinical anxiety, just, you know, everyday Mm -hmm. feeling of anxiety. Fear is immediate, present, Mm -hmm. and direct Mm -hmm. damage or harm. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is indirect at some point in the future that's not right now. And it's not certain. It may or may not happen. Right. It's the not knowing, right? So that's where people say it's about not knowing. I Mm -hmm. actually view anxiety also differently. We can touch on that in a moment. (laughs) That's why I love talking with you because we bring those different perspectives, but it Mm -hmm. makes it so interesting. Yeah. So a lot of what happens is people have a reaction to the discomfort or the impulse. I'll call it the direction and the drive. Fear has this tendency, the direction and the drive that it gives us is it will try to get us away from the danger, whatever that's Mm -hmm. experienced or perceived. It'll do two things. One is it'll hit the brakes because I don't want to keep going this way. Because if I do, I'll go off the cliff. That's the danger. And the other thing it's going to do is try to get me to turn away and then it'll hit the gas in that direction. Mm-hmm. So it, it actually, in the drive, it hits the gas and the brakes at the same time. It's trying to do multiple things. And in the direction, what it's trying to do is prevent the harm or the damage. So when we experience fear, if we're not understanding that and we're not really piecing together, making sense of, and, and actually addressing what your fear wants, which is your fear is not there to hurt or harm you or make things difficult for you. It's there to protect you. It's there to make sure that you're safe. It's there to make sure that you don't come to harm. Mm -hmm. So what I like to say is, what is your fear trying to do for you? A really useful question to ask. Mm -hmm. And then you can ask yourself, how can I get on board with that? What can I do to make sure that that happens? What comes out of that is, you don't have to be fearless. And I think you don't even have to fear less. Mm -hmm. You will experience less fear when you're addressing those things. When the likelihood of direct immediate harm is less. When it's lower, you'll Mm -hmm. feel it will come down because it's it's not as necessary or it's not as urgent. Yeah. And 
I'm really thinking about what you're saying and I'm looking about my story and I call it my story because it's a story I created in my head, right? And the story was that if I don't speak in English in the same way I'm able to speak in Hebrew, which means not doing mistakes, which I still do after 15 years in the US, then people will think I'm stupid because that's maybe what happened to me when I lived in Israel in my other lives. Because for me, Speaking in a specific way means that a person is wise, okay? That's my formula. That's my belief. Mm-hmm. And that's why really the fear doesn't go away because every time I go into a situation, it's like, if I do a mistake, I'm stupid. But what I had to learn is that there might be a new formula that I can create, right? Mm-hmm. And the new formula that I created was that people don't listen to me because of my beautiful vocabulary. They listen to me because I am able to create a connection with them when I speak. Hmm. And I would probably never learn that if I would stay in Israel. I was only able to learn that because people will come to me and say, I feel so inspired by them. I see people tears sometimes. I see people laugh. Some, you know, I see all these emotions that are happening while they're listening to my stories. When I talk about my relocation, it depends on you know the talk, but when I talk about the relocation story, I see those emotions and the connection that I'm creating and I realize that it's a different formula than I had in my head. And that's when mm. I was able to come new to the situations because yes, the fear was trying to protect me from feeling stupid. So I was not able to move. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 